0: This is the 17th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Julia Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, which is most of my family, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. If you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. And the founder of the Proud Boys, by the way, was a frequent guest at one point on a show called Red Eye, hosted by Greg Gutfeld. That was on, guess what, Fox News. That will be part of uh, the proud boys origin story that will be coming up soon, probably within the next week or so tomorrow, because the January six committee hearings were so overwhelming. I'm dedicating a separate newsletter and podcast to them, which will be airing tomorrow. So before we get started this week, I wanted to share something that I thought was kind of funny and, and oddly flattering. So I always get updates. Um, when a new person subscribes to my Substack, And this week I got a very funny email address that just made me go, you've got to be kidding me. So I Googled the name. I will not share this person's name because that would not be ethical or appropriate, but it was somebody from Fox News who's in the PR department. And I just, that made me laugh (laughs) because this account is just so tiny compared to the other accounts that do the same kind of work. Um, This is based on a grant that I got awarded in mid-February. Um, I'm so thankful for every single person who reads the newsletter and listens to the podcast and subscribes and follows me on Twitter. But it is, I mean, I am tiny compared to, uh, other groups that, that do the same work. Um, so I just thought it was funny and welcome. I always say welcome to anybody who's new to the, uh, to the podcast or newsletter. And because I am a trained journalist and have a master's degree, I understand all the fun rules about fair use and libel and slander. So you're never gonna find anything on me. But, you know, welcome. You can listen to, to uh, somebody make fun of your network because that's kind of half of what I do. Um, so this week, uh, it's kind of a, I have, don't have as many clips, but they're longer. So I don't wanna waste too much time talking. I'm just gonna get right into it. Here's the headline. Fox News. What is January 6th? Inflation, inflation, inflation. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending June 12, 2022. A typical Fox Newer might not even realize there was a Congressional Committee hearing on the January 6th riots because Fox News refused to broadcast it, despite the fact that every other major news network aired it in its entirety. The network decided to show the hearing on their far less popular Fox business channel instead. In addition to ignoring the largest news story for the week, Fox made sure its viewers knew that the United States was the only country affected by high inflation and President Joe Biden and his socialist policies were the sole cause of rising prices. Of course, this isn't true, as inflation is a global problem affecting nearly every major economy and is much higher in other countries. So I have been researching inflation every single week For this uh, project since mid-February Because I knew this was going to be an issue And it's going to continue to be an issue Until it's resolved And the thing about inflation is It's one of those topics that you could just It's like a rabbit hole that never ends And there's different theories on it There's different um, ideas of why it happens And how to control it It's very, very tricky Um, And it's very toxic to an economy And um, what Fox has been pushing Is this idea that the Democrats and Joe Biden want um, gas prices to go higher and higher and higher because it will cause people to throw away their gas guzzling cars and go out and buy electric vehicles or drive less or carpool or whatever. That seems a little insane because anyone who knows anything about political history could tell you that if inflation rates stay this high, no one's getting reelected. Like, no one's getting reelected. Like, it's gonna be a bloodbath and not just. Not necessarily just on, on the Democrat side. It's just, it's not good. If you're in power to have inflation this high, it's not good. It's death. It's, and they know it. Um. So I, I think that's a little far-fetched. And it also hurts the entire economy. When fuel costs are this high, everything costs more. And it causes problems throughout the entire spectrum. Every single industry gets affected. So I cannot, I, I just refuse to believe that anybody wants higher gas prices. What's what we're dealing with is far more complicated than that. But I'm just going to play this clip. And this was probably the first time I just heard it this blatantly. And Senator Tom Cotton is featured at some point. I think he's also a very unlikable, very unpopular um, senator among Democrats, which is part of the reason why I think this video did so well on Twitter.
1: The question is, is this intentional? Is there just a wink and a nod as the prices go up of the the green movement in this country? Is this a slow roll of a new green deal? The president hates fossil fuels, or at least he said that. Is he getting what he wants now as people are feeling repulsed by the price of gas and oil? Senator Tom Cotton says yes. For Democrats who have these Green New Deal fantasies, $5 gallon gas is not an accident. It's not an unintended consequence. It's very much the intended consequence. They want gas to be high because they want you out of your pickup truck or your minivan and want you to get into electric vehicles or scooters or mass transit or whatever it is that they ride around town in Washington. But that's not the way most Arkansans live. It's not the way most Americans live. It's not the way they live. They drive around in their private jets. They go in there, the SUVs. I don't even think their SUVs are electric. But could this be something that the Democrats are actually pleased by? But they know they're facing an election in a few months, and they're about to get pummeled unless they come up with an answer. And their answer is blame oil and gas companies for making windfall profits, which is just belies the fact of how the industry works.
0: Now that last line is pretty funny about belies how this industry works. Until tech, big tech kind of took over, uh, oil and gas. The fossil fuel industry used to be the most profitable industry in the world. Um, now it's not because big tech kind of took over, but it's close. It's up there. Um, because we all need fuel. It, modern economies cannot function without fossil fuels. So they know this we're hooked and they can manipulate the market. Um, so. One thing I want to point out, too, is something that I've pointed out on this podcast before and the newsletter before, is this idea of the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal was a bill co-sponsored by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that never really got off the ground. It's popular among some people. Um, it was voted on and it did not pass the Senate. Um, it's a little half-baked. It's not completely fully fleshed out. It's only a few pages. Um, I, you know, I get it. I'm not dissing it or saying no but joe biden did not run on the green new deal it's not policy it's not law it's just kind of an idea at this point uh nothing more and again there's websites dedicated to it Um, they've liked my tweets when i've tweeted about it but i'm not really supporting it nor am i detracting it i'm just pointing out that it doesn't actually exist yet other than it's like an idea but fox repeatedly brings it up as if it's this boogeyman that's destroying everything. The Green New Deal. The Green New Deal. You heard Tom Cotton say it. You heard Kilmeade say it. Now, I do have a Kilmeade impression, because um, you guys like it when I do impressions. So my Kilmeade impression is is basically like this. Well, you know, I mean, like, we just need to get like some missiles over there in Ukraine and maybe like start bombing some stuff. And, you know, we just show Putin, who's boss, we just like send our guys over there and just start shooting everybody. You know, I mean, why not? Because, like, I've heard Kilmeade, like, accidentally, kind of accidentally call for World War III numerous times on Fox and Friends. He's, he's got, like, a million shows on Fox. He doesn't just have Fox and Friends. He does Fox and Friends. He does a radio show. He does like, this other show. And it's because he's, like, this everyman guy who's, like, got this uh, sort of, like, uh, Long Island accent. And he just sort of, you know, uh, says stuff like that. He's Brian Kilmeade. I do like it when he's with Rachel Campos Duffy, though. And Rachel Campos Duffy says something even crazier And then I sometimes will zoom in on just the facial expressions of Brian Kilmeade because he is desperately trying to hold it in. Okay, so this next clip is Judge Janine Pirro going off about inflation and she's doing a very common thing in propaganda, lying through a mission, cherry picking, as it were. You're going to also hear my voice in this clip. I'LL EXPLAIN IT WHEN IT'S DONE.
2: YOU KNOW, JOE BIDEN KEEPS TELLING US INFLATION IS A GLOBAL PROBLEM. EVERYONE ELSE IS EXPERIENCING IT. AND YOU KNOW WHAT? THAT'S A LIE. I'LL TELL YOU WHY. BECAUSE NOT EVERYBODY HAS THE SAME INFLATION NUMBERS WE DO. AND WE ONLY GOT 8% OF our, OUR GAS FROM RUSSIA TO BEGIN WITH. AND I DON'T THINK IT'S THAT NUMBER NOW ANYMORE. I'LL TELL YOU WHO'S GOT A LOT LOWER INFLATION THAN THE UNITED STATES. CHINA. NO KIDDING. Saudi ARABIA, JAPAN, SWITZERLAND, INDONESIA, AUSTRALIA, FRANCE, SINGAPORE, SOUTH KOREA, SOUTH AFRICA, ALL BELOW 6% WERE AT 8.6 AND RISING. AND YOU KNOW WHAT? IF we WERE NOT SO INCOMPETENT WE WOULD NOT BE AT THAT LEVEL.
0: HEY JUDGE, HERE ARE SOME INFLATION RATES OF 8% OR MORE CURRENTLY AROUND THE GLOBE. AUSTRIA, PORTUGAL, EUROPEAN UNION, SLOVENIA, MATRIANA, United States, Spain, Costa Rica, Peru, Netherlands, Belgium, Armenia, United Kingdom, Colombia, Honduras, Cyprus, Barbados, Dominican Republic, Algeria, Nicaragua, Zambia, Serbia, Hungary, Matrias, Uzbekistan, Guinea, Cayman Islands, Montenegro, Greece, Paraguay, Chile, Gambia, Brazil, Jamaica, Slovakia, Macedonia, Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, Kosovo, Laos, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Georgia, Egypt, Pakistan, Myanmar, Poland, Pakistan, Bulgaria, Mongolia, Santomé and principal, Romania, Kyrgyzstan, Rwanda, Burkina Faso, Malawi, Czech Republic, Burundi, Nigeria, Latvia, Belarus, Russia, Ukraine, Lithuania, Estonia, Sierra Leone, Cuba, Angola, Haiti, Ghana, Moldova, Ethiopia, Sri Lanka, Iran, Argentina, Suriname, Turkey, Zimbabwe, Syria, Lebanon, Sudan, Venezuela, All of those countries have 8% or more inflation. Inflation is very much a global problem. So there's a couple things um, about that list. that's just insane. Now I didn't include the number, the, the actual rate of inflation for each country because I tried to do that and it just was gonna take too long and Twitter has a two minute and 20 second time limit. So I include those on the screen so visually you can see them. Now if you go to Trading Economics, which is the link I put in the newsletter, you could probably just Google trading economics inflation, world inflation, that kind of thing. You'll find this list and they include the inflation rates for the entire world. And they also break it down by continent. And I'll just tell you this much, what I know of inflation, uh, the U S likes to click right at 2%. That's ideal. That's considered ideal for inflation. Sometimes we go a little bit above that, sometimes a little bit below. Now what judge Jeanine left out is she was spouting off numbers these countries are 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 lower than the united states but one country she got to was france and france is like 5.2 percent inflation that would not be considered low that's not low inflation that's rising inflation that's problematic inflation it's not as high as 8.6 but that's not good um and the other thing most of europe and this you can just look very quickly at this list Most of Europe, and I encourage everyone to look up the stuff yourself, empower yourself, get out there, get this information, so when your crazy uncle comes at you screaming about the Keystone XL pipeline, you can just be like, you know what? That's a global problem. Inflation's a global problem. Anyway, um, like Turkey's inflation right now is 73.5%. 73.5%, that's extremely high. Venezuela is 222, and Venezuela, in many ways, is kind of a failed state. Um, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that they're, they've had inflation problems for years. They've had a, problems with their economy for years. It's new due to a number of reasons. And again, I don't want to um, go off on a tangent that's not directed to this newsletter, but that 222% inflation is terrifyingly high. Um, so, but like most of Europe, if you look at this list and I say that because we do a lot of trade with Europe and our economy is incredibly interconnected with Europe, you see these numbers and they're, they're extremely high. Russia's inflation rate right now is 17%. That's crazy high. Belarus is 17%. Ukraine is 18%, but that's not surprising considering what's going on in their country. So, you know, don't believe the hype. This is the inflation rates are global inflation is a global problem and basically it's coming from an economy that completely skidded to a halt and then certain sectors of the economy kept going basically white-collar jobs anything that was helping people stay at home and work you know accelerated and all these other factions of the economy completely shut down travel tourism um a lot of types of trade just didn't happen and then it just revved up so fast Demand accelerated to the point that you know we couldn't keep production up. And then you had supply chain uh, problem after supply chain problem after supply chain problem. And when I was in grad school, I worked on U.S. manufacturing, was what I was focused on and um, for one semester. And I called numerous factory owners for an article that I wrote. And they were all complaining about this. It was just catastrophic. Like if you need a specific kind of metal to make a part that then goes into a refrigerator, they couldn't get that metal. So that way that now the refrigerator just sitting there. They can't finish it because they can't get this very specific type of stainless steel, or they couldn't get a very specific part. They only came from Asia or they couldn't get um, a very specific kind of wood. And so you just add all this stuff together, one right after the other, and then shipping containers, clogging ports, which we also had, you know, huge ships that couldn't get their containers off. And you had China shipping empty ships full of containers because they wanted the containers more than anything in them. So you just had this nightmare situation of everything getting clogged up and that just is going to drive prices up. And that's part of it. And I write about this in the newsletter a little bit. I explain the Keystone XL pipeline, which Fox keeps bringing up inexplicably, which is nuts because it would have been a drop in the bucket the oil was filthy dirty shale oil from canada the pipeline is an extension of a pre-existing pipeline that was meant to send uh, dirty shale oil out of the united states out through the gulf of mexico it cannot be refined into gasoline Um, it's a tiny 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 amount for what the total us uses so it, this idea that the Keystone Pipeline, if we reopened it up, would, like, save the country, bring down the price of oil is absolute nonsense. We also produce an insane amount of, of petroleum in the U.S., We're like the highest level we've ever been at, almost. Not quite, but very, very high right now. But we consume a tremendous amount of fossil fuels, which is part of the problem. Um, so, and again, energy independence, which I've talked about on this podcast before, they, Fox likes to paint it as this picture of, like, we don't import any oil, and we just are self-sufficient, and everything's hunky-dory. Well, oil and gas is not nationalized. The government doesn't own it. Those are corporations, and they'll sell it to anybody. And it's a complicated system of different grades of crude oil and refining. And by the way, which they also leave this out all the time, the oil and gas industry is heavily subsidized by the U.S. government especially refining, and that's to get gasoline. So this is a very complicated mess, and it's not gonna be solved with a stroke of a pen or one pipeline that was carrying oil that can't even be made into gasoline, pumping it out of the United States. That's not gonna solve it. Um, The problem with high fuel prices right now is very complex, and a lot of it does have to do with the war in Ukraine and Russia being a major oil producer Being at war with another country and then getting hit with sanctions by most of the world is going to cause all kinds of problems. And then they always leave out China and India as major, major oil consumers on Fox News. They just ignore them. They just talk about Europe and they talk about the U.S. But I'm sorry, but you can't just leave out two countries that have over a billion people in them. So yeah, it's a mess and it's not going to be solved anytime soon. And inflation was not caused by one um, COVID-19 stimulus bill that that Biden pushed through, which that did happen. And there are arguments that that may have made it a little bit worse, but there's no way, no way you're having inflation in double digits in huge parts of Europe because of a bill that Joe Biden signed. I'm sorry, that just doesn't make any sense. So the next clip, next clip coming up is I'm gonna do a whole separate newsletter and podcast on this because it, it there's no way I could fit it in. Um, the January 6th hearings that aired on primetime on Thursday and Fox news, as we all know, chose not to air them. They stuck them on a channel uh, called Fox business that doesn't have nearly the same size of audience. And I watched that and I watched the PBS version of the exact same broadcast. And I've watched all of them more than once. <laughs> I've watched their commentary and then their ending comments. And it was fascinating to see both. Um, I also have a huge project that I worked on where I took the two broadcasts, stuck them on top of each other, and went back and forth through time to see what one side was showing and the other side was showing. That took forever. That's why this is kind of late this week. But anyway, I'm going to play this clip. This is, I find this kind of humorous. It's a clip of numerous Fox personalities, be them hosts or guests, predicting that no one would watch the January 6th hearings. Oops, they were kind of off on that one.
2: With Chair Benny Thompson captivating a very small audience at the uh, January 6th hearing on Capitol Hill with what ended up being a 12-minute snooze fest that was very Enjoy. heavy MSNBC
1: <laughs> and CNN they also did year commemorations year-long commemorations of January 6th they were the biggest flops in the ratings and this so-called unseen footage that was aired tonight, it really just looked like warmed-over versions of what we'd already seen. I don't think this moves the needle for the American viewer, for the voter, and if they've got other viewing options than they do, they're watching something else tonight. Of Concern and attention the American people will give these hearings. I guess they announced, what, we're going to have 100 more of them, but... What do you think the attention level will be? One to ten. It's a ten flat the highest. zero. People are worried about inflation, the bleeding border, the violent crime, the destruction of our economy. They can't get baby formula for their kids. That's what they care about. Marxism in our schools, not partisan, political, anti-Trump propaganda. One to ten. Reince Priebus. Uh, one. Wow. Joe Concha. Hmm. Three, because the president is... Polling currently at about 33% approval, so those folks, I guess, will be concerned about this. But independents and those are apolitical, and those on the right will say, "Yeah, no, we, we get it, and and we have more important things to be concerned Just about right now." Get the feeling when you watch social media and and you see the reactions overall, there doesn't seem to be a lot resonating right now with the American people, at least online, from what you see. And it's going to be very interesting tomorrow to see the ratings. Shannon. Mm
0: -hmm. According to the Nielsen rating system, 20 million people watched the January 6th hearings in prime time. So I just want to point something out. 20 million viewers is the same as Sunday Night Football, which is the highest rating every year. Um, The highest rating uh, shows on network television every single year are Football. It's either Sunday night football, Monday night football, or some football show. Check it out. It will blow your mind. It's just like football, 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 football. So that's why when it's funny when they act say like, oh, we're doing a a, a boycott of football. I just kind of like, okay, sure, great, and do a boycott of Coca Cola while you're at it and Disney. <laughs> yeah, that'll work anyway. <laughs> or Oreos, like the like the things that just sell no matter what. Anyway. Um, so yeah, 20 million's enormous. Another thing that you're going to hear on Fox and you probably from your crazy Fox-loving uncle or coworker is that, well, in the 70s, uh, 7 out of 10 Americans watched the Watergate hearing. 7 out of 10. And nobody cares about this January 6th stuff. Nobody cares. Okay, let me, let me give you some perspective. If you're not, if you're Gen X or older, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. If you're younger, it's hard to, to wrap your head around this. But back in the 70s, there was ABC, CBS, and NBC. You had PBS and you had a couple local channels and that was it. So you could see how in a media environment like that, like you'd have a much, much higher percentage of the population watching something like Watergate. Also you didn't have, um, it was a more of an immediate situation. Cause he was still in power and people were just, it was like, I think more dramatic. We're talking about something that happened in the past and Trump is still has a lot of influence but like it's hard to know if he it's hard to know what's going to happen right now honestly especially after today's hearing whoo anyway um because i think desantis is becoming the new golden boy for fox that's just my two cents but anyway so yeah so you're going to hear that argument like they're going to compare january 6 to watergate and it's just an apple and an orange it just doesn't make any sense because The 70s, you just had no option. You had three channels at PBS and that was it. So this next clip uh, is just, I find this humorous uh, because uh, Sean Hannity is obsessed with the riots of 2020 and he doesn't really realize what he's saying when he keeps bringing up the danger, danger, scary, scary hellscape that was the summer of 2020 because who was in charge again? Oh, that wasn't Joe Biden. That was your boy. That was your boy. That was the... THE ORANGE DUDE WHO PLAYED GOLF A LOT AND WAS CREEPY. OKAY.
1: JUST LIKE THEY IGNORED THE RIOTS IN 2020. THEY'RE MOSTLY PEACEFUL. Oh, OKAY. TELL THAT TO THE THOUSANDS OF INJURED COPS, THE DOZENS OF DEAD AMERICANS, AND THE BILLIONS IN PROPERTY DAMAGE. LIKE WE CONDEMNED ALL THE RIOTS IN THE SUMMER OF 2020 THAT WERE NOT MOSTLY PEACEFUL. January 6th. What about the 574 <laughs> riots in the summer of 2020? I'd like to see that committee. And Joe, they want to now abolish the Electoral College, we find out from Jamie Raskin. Uh, if they really cared yeah. about riots, why are they ignoring the 574 in the summer of 2020 that killed dozens of Americans, uh, that injured thousands of cops, and caused billions in property damage, uh, where. 624 arsons took place, 97 police vehicles were burned. Well, why didn't, why didn't they care about any of, of those riots? I thought, you know, we should condemn all riots. They said they were mostly peaceful, though.
0: See, that's kind of bizarre that he's bringing up the riots of 2020 because Trump was never popular. He was popular among his base, he was like a rabid following, but he never achieved more than 50% approval rating, like ever. So there are people who love Trump, but just as there are people who love Trump, They're people who hate his guts, which is part of the reason why he didn't win in 2020. I think the main reason why he didn't win in uh, 2020. So, yeah. And, like, you're going to remind us that under Trump, everything was chaos, and there were riots all over the country, and nobody did anything about it, and you're just going to blame the governors and mayors? Really? So, uh, yeah, Trump must have had a real great handle On security, if we had just riot after riot after riot, people must have been really happy with how things were going with all those riots, you know, talk about the riots again, Sean, just keep talking about the riots under Trump. I think we should just start calling them the Trump riots because that would be appropriate. The other thing he mentioned there was uh, uh, Raskin talking about the Electoral College. Now, that's cute, but like you can't get rid of the Electoral College (laughs) very easily. so i mean it's like uh we take like a two-thirds majority vote from the states i believe to get rid of the electoral college so like yeah you know i'd like free money but that doesn't mean it's gonna happen so uh, yeah that's just ridiculous oh they're gonna get rid of the electoral college how please explain how so anyway the next clip i have is just me making fun of my favorite my gal and i'll do a quick impression of her voice um because she always talks so even keel, even when she says horrible things. I am a Democrat from Hawaii, and I hate the Democratic Party, and I support Bashir al-Assad in Syria, who was a murdering dictator, but he was my best friend because I just want to blame the United States for everything because that's the kind of weird Democrat that I am. And, yay, hail Putin. Okay, no, I'm just going to play the clip. This is just me totally mocking her.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Jesse Waters along with Judge Jeanine Pirro, former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard.
0: Tulsi Gabbard, dreams achieved. You're not just a guest anymore. You're behind that desk. How does it feel to be a Fox News anchor? Well, you've bashed enough Democrats and the president, and you've sucked up to the likes of Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity you've made it go get it girl if you can dream it you can be it Tulsi Gabbard so what I was that was my biggest video last week it got over 5,000 views what I was making fun of there is Tulsi Gabbard is now a panel member on the view Uh, on uh, not on the view i oops freudian slip because the five is sort of fox's version of the view and then the fox always rips on the view and the view hates fox so that's just kind of funny those two shows are they're just like mortal enemies but uh tulsi gabbard was behind the desk which is very very different than just being a guest and i i'm Mm -hmm. not fond of her because she promotes in my opinion russian propaganda and she's propped up uh defended Murdering dictators like Bashad al-Assad. And I'm not, I'm just not a fan. Not a fan of, she said anti-trans things. She's made bizarre comments about anti-white racism. I, I just don't understand what she's all about. And I think that this is like her only uh, path to any career is to just go right wing. Now this next clip, I was not going to include on the podcast. I put it on Twitter at the last second. People loved it. So I'm including it. This is Jessica Tarloff. She is the liberal on The Five. She was defending the fact that there was new information given at the January 6th Congressional hearing, and she just, man, she just does a great job here. I'm just going to play it.
2: First informant, here are some things that are new. Donald Trump knew that he lost the election. He knew that he lost the election because Bill Barr told him that he lost the election, and if you saw his testimony, he was quite animated. He used the BS word that he told him enough with this. Ivanka Trump, his daughter, his number one aide, most trusted ally, She knew he lost the election because she said, I trusted A.G. Barr on this. Stephen Miller, I'm sorry, Jason Miller, one of his most trusted aides, also testified that he knew that he lost the election. And a campaign lawyer also knew that he lost the election and testified to that. So that's new information. Donald Trump was running around. It is absolutely new. You never saw a video. No, a video as opposed to reports. And their testimony. But you, did you know, you knew that Ivanka Trump agreed with Bill Barr and not with her father? People... You knew that about Jason Miller? You knew... People... Okay. All right. Did you know that GOP congressmen asked for pardons because what they, they knew that they were going to be in trouble?
0: Who did are you they? know that?
2: Who are they? The guy from Pennsylvania, Scott Perry. That's the one name they gave so far. They said there are more. Oh. Did you know that President Trump also said that he didn't know if it was such a bad thing if Mike Pence got hanged? That's a pretty big tell me deal. The no, okay. tell me the That points. Donald Trump spread lies. We all know that he did that. We saw the footage of him so up there at the speech where he's even saying, "Let's hope Mike Pence comes through for us." Spreading lies about the election. He had a corrupt plan to oust the AG. That AG will be testifying uh, next week. Corrupt pressure on Mike Pence. Mike Pence has talked about that directly. Corrupt pressure on state officials. And now we know that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny Thomas, was in on it. She called 29 individual Arizona officials and asked them to, uh, to support f- fake electors to overturn the election results there. There was the false electors plot, which I talked about. He summoned the mob. You saw him calling him there, and we know what role the oath keepers played in this. He summoned and the, the mob. Yes, he did. He summoned All the mob. Right. He said, Come to the ellipse. There's the stop the steal rally. I hope Mike what Pence is, comes what, through. What, 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 and what he ignored pleas from help for help. The this vice. is crazy to me that you think that Nancy Pelosi was the one who was responsible for what happened that day. Why didn't she Billy allow the.
0: Now, I had to cut that down. The actual clip is about three and a half minutes, and it would be too big to um, fit on Twitter. And I had made some edits in that because they were just shouting over her. So that's also what I cut out. Um, So, yeah, incredible. Great job there, Jessica Tarloff. She was actually on the panel on Fox Business who did commentary after the hearing, so she knows quite a bit about it. Now, quickly, because we're running out of time, the... stories that fox completely ignored i'm just going to go rapid fire north korea firing missile tests again totally ignored it the police officer that killed a black motorist patrick Loyola, was arrested for second degree murder fox did not mention it a stalled bill in the house to protect scotus justices fox has been misleading about that bill they're blaming pelosi saying she's blocking it no Pelosi wants to expand protections to other court employees it will be voted on next week it's not being blocked they were just I mean that's what happens with bills they go back and forth proud boys indicted for seditious conspiracy proud boys as you know I know way too much about they uh were mentioned a few times but they did not they did not have a story on that not on the shows that I watched the World Bank slashes global growth forecast for pretty much the entire planet did not mention that the war in Ukraine no segments, not a single one. I was blown away by that one. Blown away. They talked about Ukraine. Not a single segment. Shocking. The collapse of Lebanon's economy. That's just a depressing story that PBS did. Summit of the Americas. They were talked about on um, Fox, but not really at length. It's, they've been going on since 1994. It's kind of controversial. There's more to it, but it was just a very, very minor thing on on Fox. PBS did a whole huge segment on it. Finally, and this one was weird that they left this one out. Gymnast suing the FBI due to sexual abuse by Dr. Larry Nassar. Um, so that, I did not hear anything of that, and I triple-checked, didn't see anything in the transcripts on that. So then by the numbers, I included the bar charts, which don't really translate well to audio. There is this issue of the person who tried to kill Justin, Justice Kavanaugh which is absolutely disturbing and insane um there is some criticism and i kind of get it but i'm not really sure what's going on with this why other press did not really cover this my guess is that they don't want any copycats and i think the less we focus on murderers or potential murderers the better personally um he also didn't hurt anyone he didn't hurt himself and he kind of instantly turned himself in as soon as he got close to Kavanaugh's home so I think that's part of the reason why it's being downplayed. Um, totally disturbing. And personally, I'm not a huge fan of the protests in front of the SCOTUS Homes. I just, I just think it's being used against uh, abortion advocates and um, pro-choice advocates. I, I don't, I don't see the point in that because they're not going to change anybody's vote. And it, it, I just, I personally am not a fan. And I, I think it's kind of reckless. Um, and then second, we've got uh, the PBS NewsHour. What they reported on. And I include that. And then by the numbers, I included Hillary Clinton did not make the list. I was shocked because she always makes the list. AOC, of course, did. Um, But Hillary was kind of uh, replaced with Nancy Pelosi. And that will be explained tomorrow because there's a whole other thing with Nancy Pelosi on January 6th. And then, so tomorrow I'm doing a podcast and a newsletter. Hopefully I won't drive you crazy. There's just no way I could stick it in one. On Fox's coverage of the uh committee and the hearing and how it it looked compared to pbs and what they focused on and then i watched tucker hannity into ingram into an hour of shannon bream i didn't know it was a two-hour show very interesting stuff that i found watching that arc and how different they all were and i'll discuss that tomorrow so this week i'm just looking at uh all the january 6th committee hearings which i will try to watch live if i can And I'm also gonna just focus on Hannity and Tucker for a very good reason, and that they both promote conspiracy theories, but not the same one about January 6th, which I find fascinating. The mascots of the podcast, which are two kittens named Odin and Thor, are a little under the weather. They have a parasite and I'm trying desperately to get rid of it. The first round of treatment did not work. (laughs) My poor boys, some of you were asking about that. I'm going to pick up new medication tomorrow. Odin and Thor, everybody's favorite crazy uh, former shelter cats. So um, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening. I appreciate it so much. This is such a a challenging thing for me to do. Please check me out at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. uh, You name it, I'm on it, especially Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day long. And again, thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, No break uh, for me this week. Um, But I think it really does deserve its own episode which was the Fox News reaction. Thank you for, so much for listening. I will talk to you soon.